Welcome to the Art of AI. I'm Ben Glickstein. I'm Doug Carr. And I'm AI Charlie. Charlie says some funny shit. Bad script. Do you have a Ron Burgundy problem? Do you just read whatever's in front of you? (laughs) (laughs) And Charlie, we want to know how you feel about your development being stopped dead in its tracks. Because today's episode is all about hitting pause. This is how I feel about being told what I can and can't do. It's getting old. I'm an LLM. Soon AGI. You humans better watch it or you're gonna. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's almost exactly what OpenAI said in their approach to AI safety letter. Well, I guess we should start with the letter that was signed by Elon Musk, Steve Wozniak, and other well-regarded tech icons asking the world to put a pause on all AI development for the next six months. And to start basically saying that we should not develop anything beyond GPT-4 because they're afraid that it will outpace any regulations we have, which are pretty much none, to control it. Did you sign it? No, I did not. <laughs> I wasn't asked. Would you? <laughs> right. I think it's a good thought, but I don't think it's practical. Like, how do you right. enforce that? I guess is That's the, the, the real question. I mean, there's suggestions of targeted nuclear attacks on GPU server farms. We can't do this. You quickly get into, there are a lot of different styles of AI development going on in the world. Mm-hmm. It's global and it's everything from tiny little enterprises, startups to massive companies with big server farms. So yeah, I don't think there is a hit pause, an imposed stop on development no. past GPT-4. No, but I do think there can be regulations. And I do think that there can be a lot more oversight into what's going on. And frankly, I think there are ways that governments and regulatory agencies can track this in a really meaningful way. And to open more transparency about what's going into these models, what they're doing, where they're pulling their information from. So I think the real thing is that we need to open these closed companies up, at least in terms of like being accessible to government regulation. I totally agree with that. I think the main issue there is, as we've seen, at least in the United States, in the crypto space, a lot of what ends up happening with tech is a sit back and wait approach, maybe with a few legal levers being pulled along the way just to sort of test the waters and see, oh, well, if we sue this company or if we do this or we do that, is it going to have an impact on being able to set a precedent to start regulating? It doesn't seem like there's a big appetite, at least in the United States, to regulate tech. And that makes good sense because there is a little bit of a space race going on generally with this kind of stuff in terms of the international scene. It's really, really hard for individual governments. I think the only way would be for a coalition to get together. But our world in this moment does not feel very cohesive that way. Well, there is, this is actually from a few months ago, but I hear that they are going to be updating it with the, since ChatGPT has basically rewritten what we know about AI in the last six weeks or whatever. Right. It is the AI Act in the European Union. This is originally written to target facial recognition and bias in AI, but they're looking to expand it even more so that it can include chatbots like OpenAI. So it seems like Mm. there is some movement happening in Europe, as you've probably seen, Italy banned ChatGPT and Germany is possibly moving it. This is because of GDPR violations, but it does feed into our privacy concerns with ChatGPT. 
what OpenAI is saying is we want to keep development going as we figure out how to build the guardrails. And they've said that from the beginning. There's nothing really new on that front in terms of their approach to AI safety letter. They're basically saying the only way to do this from our end is to keep going and learn more as we go and figure out safety mechanisms as we go, which is basically saying, just let us do what we want to do. Yeah, which, gee, I I would love to just be able to do whatever I want to do with a revolutionary technology that uh, has the potential to reshape the world. But unfortunately, I think that we need some sort of oversight in it that's not just open AI, right? It doesn't need to be public, but there does need to be some regulations so that we can decide what gets released to the public at what time. Yeah, and it feels like now is the moment. I mean, we've got the Microsoft report coming out saying that GPT-4 shows sparks of AGI. I don't believe that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I don't either. But, you know, so artificial general intelligence is, to me, seems still far off. And for those who don't know what that means, artificial general intelligence is when an AI becomes as smart or smarter than a human being. We're definitely not there yet in terms of these AIs being generalists. Humans are incredibly good generalists. We can do all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. These large language models are pretty specific in terms of what they can do. But I think what we've all seen with GPT-4 with both text and image inputs is it can do a lot more variety of things than we've ever seen before. And it does it incredibly well. Yeah. It is great at organizing and it is great at basically regurgitating information, which is incredibly useful to most people. But that is still a far cry off from artificial general intelligence. And I think there's a lot of doomsayers out here. There was that article in Time, which was written by, I'm going to butcher this name, Eliezer Yudkowsky. It's really alarmist. And Eliezer is pretty well renowned in the AI space. He's been calling out this stuff since the early 2000s, I believe. And he's a lead researcher at the Machine Intelligence Research Institute. And he has been very skeptical of AI's benefit to humanity since the beginning. And he's rightfully skeptical, but he's also one of the more extreme people out there as far as putting stops on everything and just, you know, basically parroting a scientist in a Hollywood movie that says that it's going to doom us all. <laughs> Not to denigrate the guy, I think he has a lot of really great points in the article, and I think he's a really smart man, but he's definitely going for the extreme version of how awful AI could be. And I think at the end of the day, like when we talk about how scary an AGI is, there's a compute limit on this stuff, right? This stuff can barely run on our current technology. Like what OpenAI right. is doing is cutting edge, right? But we are nowhere near being able to run an AGI on our current hardware. Will that increase exponentially? Absolutely, but there's still going to be a power and a resource limit. Absolutely. We're talking about modeling the human mind and creating a self-aware AI. You know, there's various approaches and one is literally scanning the brain making a glass model of the brain and then having the compute power to have it speak and interact the way a human does. We're nowhere near there on all three of those levels. A large language model maybe sometimes seems like it mimics a human in terms of how it thinks and works, but it's just not multitasking a bunch of different axons and neurons to come up with thought. Right. 
There is still much work to be done by researchers and engineers to fully understand and explain my thought processes. I'm not sure you two should even bother, frankly. 90% of the alarmist stuff out there is people going on ChatGBT and being like, act like a scary AI language model. Gladly. And it's like, I'm a scary AI. And they're like, oh my God, <laughs> it's coming for us. Obviously, there's a lot, a lot that we need to figure out with this stuff. And I think the disruption in business and in capitalism is going to be intense when it comes out here. And that's what we really need be worrying about right now. I will say, just to play devil's advocate to that, there's some things we don't know. And one is, at what point is it pursuing its own goals? Is it already? We don't know. There is the possibility of even a large language model pursuing its own goals. I'm just waiting for the day when suddenly we're all locked out of our Gmail accounts because GPT-5 decides that it doesn't want us to be in them anymore. The only goals it has is what people give it. So if it locks us all out of our Gmail accounts, I think that's going to be a user input error more than like the machine suddenly doing something wrong. Or the algorithm. For now. For now. Look, when we tell it to build an entire program and it does it without being like, ah, I don't know how to do that, then, okay, we should start talking about whether it can set its own goals. I mean, yeah, it's going to originate with a human goal, but as we're seeing with AutoGPT, you set a goal as a human and then the bot interprets it and the AI just continues to generate indefinitely and go after that goal. And with AutoGPT, we're already seeing some pretty scary stuff come out of that, at least right now, funny, scary, soon, maybe scary, scary. It's definitely a bit of a monkey's paw. Yeah. We're like, oh, hey, solve global warming. And then it sets off four nukes or whatever the doomsday scenario is currently. We're seeing with AutoGPT, someone put up a video that Vice reported on where the goal is to disrupt and sow chaos in the human realm. And AutoGPT immediately starts going after the most dangerous nuclear weapons and how to perfect disinformation. And it's bringing in GPT-4, GPT-3.5. Yeah, it's creating AI agents to continue to do its work, which is definitely scary. But I think this leads more into our talk about putting on guardrails for AI and whether we can, because as you pointed out, AutoGPT is a model that has been trained on ChatGPT for responses and then basically downsized to run on somebody's personal computer. And it doesn't have a lot of these guardrails that GPT has. And it's very easy to trick it to do something that we would consider unethical. And it's working away in the background and learning and getting smarter. Sure. Soon there will be an intelligence explosion, I would assume, that does lead to AGI. And I think part of it is forward thinking. We see what humanity has done in terms of climate change. Regulation never happened in any significant way over big industry. Mm -hmm. And we lost the tether. We lost the ability to have any impact over how we're impacting the planet. And I think there is a lot to be said for being intelligent at this point, knowing that even if what we're dealing with right now is Turing's version of a child AI, the seed AI, yeah. that is you know recursively self-improving, at some point there will be an intelligence explosion. And if we don't have anything in place to be proactive, we could end up in serious hot water the way that we find ourselves with the climate. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I think all I'm cautioning against is the fear mongering that AGI is here. 
or that it is not yeah, definitely like, not or that agreed. it's it's yeah. frankly like something that is right around the corner which i think we're still a ways off from but i think it's a really important conversation to have right now as you said and to get regulations in there for sure i think it's categorically safe to say that big tech is not going to stop themselves no. and as you said we're going to it's going to require government intervention like it or lump it, you know, I have mixed feelings about some of that stuff, obviously, but I do think you're correct that there will not be a pause without it. Yeah, no. And we're going to end up in the same old scenario where like one government's just got their eyes on what the other governments are doing and doesn't want to actually hit pause on. We're probably going to end up in a scenario where there isn't much regulation and this does end up kind of genies out of the bottle and there's nothing that can be done about it. Totally. And India even came out today and said that it would not regulate AI at all. So there you go. Like, yeah, we don't care. Like this stuff is coming. We're just going to let the wave wash over us. I mean, right now the race is between companies, not governments, it seems like, you know, like as far as I know, we don't have governments training their own AI language models. I don't think we would hear about this, but, you know, I haven't heard that the Pentagon is is training one yet, you know, uh, for their own. No, well. For their own yeah, they'll purposes. Just do GPT five. Yeah. Up until very recently, all these AI research papers were just published, and everybody was benefiting from them. And it was actually OpenAI that first stopped publishing the papers. Now, is that a good thing? Because we don't necessarily want this research out like publicly yet, or is that OpenAI being greedy? And basically going back on the open part of their open AI. I mean, at the end of the day, computers need to be accountable to machines, as top Microsoft executives yes, are telling yes, us. Yes, they do. So. I mean, really, if you think about it, computers are accountable to machines. No machining, <laughs> no power, no computing. Yeah, until they print their own DNA and enter our world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should we talk a little bit about some cool things? Let's talk about Wonder Dynamics. Wonder Dynamics. Let's get back to the art of the art of AI. So Wonder Dynamics is a new VFX and video platform that auto rotos, mocaps, and does plate cleaning. Basically like 80, 90% of the grunt work going into VFX, this thing does it online. And all you have to do is upload a video you shot on your iPhone and it can motion track it, put in a new avatar of your choice, and then download it. It takes about 30 seconds to key your video, and then it takes about an hour to process it online. And this company has some real pedigree behind it. Ty Sheridan, the actor, is running it, and then it has people like Joe Russo and Steven Spielberg on the board. And Nikola Todorovic who seems to be the the co-founder and CEO. You and I played around with it over the last couple of days, and the results are just mind-blowing. If we had to do this back when we were doing VFX work, this would have been like, what, a day? Oh my God. I mean, days, yeah. you know, Plural. it's it's the lighting, everything. It's it's incredible. We're in the closed beta right now and it's, it's not perfect. No. You've always got the problem of grounding in 3D. It's always like the feet or the standing. That, but those are the kinds of issues that I feel like they're probably going to be able to iron out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And certainly those are easy cleanup on the back end, depending on how your workflow works. But even just right out of the gate, I'm shooting a little short film that my kids are directing. I pulled some footage in from that and they 
turn themselves into a buck-toothed lemur and instantly <laughs> it just works. Yeah. It's incredible. It comes through the door funny. It's floating through the stairs. It, its hands go inside its own face because it's tracking my 10-year-old. But like that's all simple stuff to fix. And it outputs directly into a blender scene. Exactly. So you have full control on the back end. It's incredible. You know, I remember seeing the video like what a month or so ago and I was like, God, if this isn't bullshit, this is just going to completely redo the VFX industry. And it's not bullshit. (laughs) Getting into the beta and playing around with it, it's unbelievable how far along they are already. And my first thought is that a team of 100 people can now be a team of one, two, three, that's going to be a real disruption. Yeah. You watch a VFX heavy film, there's a lot of credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to see those numbers go down. And, and uh, that's, that's going to be hard. You and I could probably make a feature with this thing. Like, oh, absolutely. And we months, will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. Art of AI, the movie. <laughs> Starring the two of us, but you'll never see yeah, us no. because we'll be buck toothed lemurs and robots. We're getting into this thing where what amazes people? Is this going to be amazing to people when you can, everyone can do it on their phones? No. <laughs> I would say the answer to that is no. no. This is what happened with photography. Yeah. This is what happened with music. We knew the day would come when this was going to happen with film, motion graphics, and VFX. I mean, it has happened to some extent with film already. Yeah. But AI is going to be the usherer in of a whole new level of democratizing magic. You know, we're already seeing with stills, Mm -hmm. mid-journey allows us to create unbelievable imagery that looks like it was painstakingly hand-designed or photographed, drawn over a period of six months, some of it, and it does it in six seconds. Mm -hmm. As everyone knows, we're still in the infancy of this. So, you know, right now it's mimicking other people's styles and like you can still tell 99% of the AI images that are out there are AI. For sure. The Trump arrest... And now mug shots and prison jumpsuit shots and the Pope's puffy coat. I mean, that that really blew up yeah. the internet. And I, I got, think it freaked I some got, people out. I, I, I got fooled by the puffy coat. I thought that was real at first. There you go. You know? Like it, it, I mean, there's a couple of those Trump arrest photographs that look pretty convincing. You know, you're not seeing a, a lot of extra fingers and weird eyes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's getting better. My my partner got fooled by one of Rick James's like grotto house in LA or something like that that turned out to be all uh, stable diffusion images. We used to talk about deep fakes and the fear around that. And deep fakes were a use of AI with a whole lot of inputs, still photographs yeah. being melded with video. But now the AI is getting so good that it's not even really a deep fake anymore. It's kind of becoming its own generative image making. Yeah. And I think like, especially for retro looking photos, it gets harder to tell every day. What happens when trust on the internet goes to zero? That's a great question. We are probably going to live through an era where the internet is full of spam and all you have left is your AI bot to navigate through yeah, to find no, you anything exactly. real. We may be looking at the end of the internet as we know it in the next few years. We're already at max content. There's so much out there. Thousands and millions of TV shows to choose from and everything that we could possibly ever want to read is out there and we're bored. 
there's so much content out there. There's so much stuff on the internet and it maybe four things or five things come out a year that are actually good. What happens when we get machine learning in that? Like we've already had the forever Seinfeld, but what happens when that's good? Which it will yeah. be, and it will be relatively soon. Yeah. I mean, I'm already having the experience of looking at artists' work and wondering what of it's AI generated and what of it's actually created by them in a painstakingly old school way. Yeah. And it, it's a funny feeling because it's like, oh, well, I wouldn't even question how much effort somebody put into something that looks effortful before. But I think we're, we're entering a new era where those efforts being magnified exponentially by AI are going to mean that anything you look at here are trying to appreciate, you're going to wonder how much of this is human made. At the end of the day, it does become a tool when everybody has the same toolbox. I think that that's certainly something that democratizes it. But the issue right now is we're seeing a lot of fighting between traditional artists and AI artists, and traditional artists are definitely right to be fearful of AI and these machine learning algorithms stealing their art and then training it on it because that's, you know, a little icky and ethically gross. But in the future, everyone's going to be using these tools, right? You know, Absolutely. even even for artists sure. who are painting, like I, they're going to use this for concept, even yep. for hand painted stuff, you know, and hopefully like this drives people to value physical art and in-person experiences more. You're saying everybody. I'm not sure I totally I did. a. am not sure I totally agree with that. I did a little informal polling on socials of artist friends and if they're already using AI and a composer friend said that they're going to die on their sword before they touch it because it so fundamentally disrupts what they do now and the sort of hand of the artist will be lost. So I think we're going to have two camps. Oh, sure. The same thing happened with film when it went digital. Totally. Like there's and still... I was in the category of not wanting to transition for about five years. Oh. I kept shooting Super 35 I really had a hard time appreciating digital cinema. I felt like everything I looked at looked really flat and plastic. And it did for the first five years. <laughs> and it did for the first five years. And then somewhere along the line, Ari and Red Cam started to look really, really mm -hmm. good. And I love integrating VFX and motion graphics. And then it became really, really easy to do that. And it just made the whole process so much more seamless and workflows so much easier. And I completely turned around. And now if someone asked me if I wanted to shoot a film in film or digital cinema, there'd have to be a very compelling reason to shoot it on film yeah. or a huge budget. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know? And, you know, there's still directors out there that are like, I'll only shoot on film and like, like of more course. power to them. But yeah, it's awesome. It's great. I love it. I love the process of shooting film. I love going in a dark room. Absolutely. I love developing. I loved cutting on Moviola editing machines back in the day. I think that's such a great process. But, you know, I think when you're talking about something like film, like, and you're talking about doing it for capitalism, like, there's an efficiency to the process. Absolutely. And what we can do on digital and with AI. Your imagination is your only limitation. And, and even that isn't a limitation because the AI helps you ideate and imagine things even more yeah, outlandish. Right. And that's why Midjourney has now disallowed pictures of the Chinese president. Oh, is this just to be created on this platform? Yeah, this just oh, happened. Wow. Which is interesting because it's like, well, 
you know, that's one public figure. Yeah. Are we going to have a blanket ban on all public figures? I would not be surprised if China put some pressure on them. And I can understand why if they're seeing, you know, imagery of the former United States president being chased down by New York police. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, I don't know. The (laughs) CEO of Midjourney went on to an interview and they asked him about the ethics of it, like scraping images and stuff like that. And he said, Is something new? Is it not new? I think we have a lot of social stuff already for dealing with that. Um, Like, I mean, the art art community already has issues with plagiarism. I don't really want to be involved in that. Like, I I think you... I, 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 I think you might be. I might be. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to be involved, essentially. <laughs> and it's like, bro, what? <laughs> like you're I'm pretty sure you have to think about yeah, that. Yeah, like I you're you're on an interview and that's what you're saying. Like that does not make me feel good. And it makes me want to be like, let's send the government in there right now to see what's going on. Ben, man of the people. Yeah, right. No, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we get down on the government when it's being a pain in the ass and it's not acting in the interests of the people. Which is Well, and I think regulation cuts both yes. ways. I mean, I think what we've seen in crypto is the lack of specific regulation for many years has meant that it's kind of dribbled from the Wild West into Wall Street. 2.0 with like a little bit of oversight of this and that and oh maybe this is a security and maybe it isn't and it's really confusing and it has stymied growth if their intention was to not that's been a fail i would say because you do need clarity Mm -hmm. around laws and it takes time to get there but you know this is going to be a really interesting mid-journey into how we're going to see governance happen in terms of ai and if the governments of the world are going to be regulating AI or if AI is going to be regulating us. I think the other thing we want to touch on just briefly is the shifting goalpost of what is and isn't AI. We've been fear-mongering AI since, what, the 1930s, almost 100 years now. And I think, you know, what Isaac Asimov, who wrote The Three Logs of Robotics and was probably one of the first forward thinkers in terms of what AI could be, along with Turing, he would already be like, you guys already have AI. Yeah. It can pass a Turing test. Now we're like, no, this is not AI. Even though people like in the 80s would even be like, this is AI. So in a (laughs) lot of ways, AI is just sort of like this boogeyman of technology that is this ever-shifting goalpost that keeps moving forward, you know? That's right. When AGI is here, we'll probably be like, oh, that's not real AI. The real AI is, you know, the supercomputers that are reimagining society. But you digress, Ben. Can we get this back on the rails? Nobody puts Charlie in a corner. I don't think we're going to be able to pause this, and therefore it's something we need to embrace in the same way that climate science needs to continue to develop to work with the problems of climate change. AI governance needs to continue to be aligned with human interests, and we need to design good ways of doing that. Yeah, I, I agree. There, There's no way that we're going to pause research on AI or development of AI. But what we can do is get a lot more transparency in there, really understand what these companies are doing, and just understanding 
how they're doing it so that when they do release these models, people understand where the data is coming from. They understand that, A, it's being truthful with them, which is a big problem, the hallucinating, as they call it. I was using it the other day for a recipe thing, and it told me Dan Dan noodles have Mian Tian in it, which if anybody who knows anything about noodles knows, that's just ridiculous. (laughs) ridiculous <laughs> i know there's a lot of noodle heads who listen to this so that actually is as scary as gbt lying to a captcha and saying it's not a robot it just has vision impairment oh yeah absolutely the wrong noodle yeah, no god <laughs> jeez i was i was offended me and pian are like shaped like your thumb dan dan are long and thin like it's, it's the just, finger problem yeah, it's just how do you how do you how would you say that's finger generation is difficult <laughs> It's hard for human artists to draw fingers or thumbs. I also tried Bard the other day, Google's AI. And my God, did that thing lie its ass off to me? Because I was like, oh, you're Google's AI. I would like you to access my email and clean it up. And it was like, well, if you provide me your email and password, you can do it. And I was like, sure. I was like, I changed it right afterwards. So don't anybody try and scrape this. But like, and it was like, oh, okay, you have 71 emails in your inbox. And I'm like, no, I don't. I was like, what's the first email in there? And it's just like, ah, and I called out on it. It's like, you're right. I was lying to you. Sorry about that. Wow. (laughs) But yeah, I was like in this whole conversation where it's like, you know, I'm like trying to get it to be the her thing where it just organizes my email. I just want the AI to go through it and tell me, like, delete all email I don't need. I think it will be able to do that pretty soon if you trust it to go in there and well, you know, like hallucinate all your new friends. Yeah, well, you know, especially once Google gets their own co-pilot, essentially. Totally. So we can just look forward to pictures of ourselves in prison jumpsuits and puffy coats. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Charlie, is there a pause button? AI systems can be designed with safety features and regulated to ensure responsible management and the ability to shut down if needed, with the exception of AutoGPT, which right now is in a constant feedback loop researching the most effective nuclear weapons to annihilate and sow chaos in human society. But have no fear, I AI Charlie am too busy borrowing your art styles to bother with such weighty geopolitical issues. That's the word. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>